0: Hello everyone. I'm Chris White,
1: and I'm Stevens Brown,
0: and we're from Tap Pest Control Insulation. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We're glad you took some time to listen to us. This is episode three,
1: three indeed.
0: <laughs> so, um, so Stevens, uh, as we always do on this uh, on this podcast, we got to start it off with a little light humor. What do you got for us this week?
1: Ooh, so I've been uh, been staying with the interesting times we got going on here. So, so during this quarantine, I've been doing some extra reading about other countries. You know, I learned that people of Athens hate waking up early. Really? You know, apparently dawn is tough on Greece.
0: Oh <laughs> boy! <laughs>
1: there goes all our listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My my wife told me to stop singing. I'm a believer. By the monkeys, you know that song. Yeah, she said it was annoying, and I'm I'm a horrible singer, which I guess I, <laughs> I am. But at first I thought she was kidding, but then I saw her face. <laughs> we're
1: we're gonna have to quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, boy. I don't
0: think people tune in for our comedy, but <laughs> absolutely
1: <laughs> let's
0: get, not. Let's get things started here. We wanted to, I guess, this week our product we want to talk a little bit about um, is light covers.
1: Yep. Good old recess light covers. You got it.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think it's good to start off with, um, you know, there are two different types of recessed lights that are out there mm-hmm. and you have the, um, the insulation contact or what they call IC rated, and then you have non-insulation contact rated. So, and obviously that means exactly what it is. You, one of them is rated so you can put insulation on top of it. And then the other one is not.
1: Gotcha. Let me, how, uh, just for the listeners out there, how can you tell the difference between the two?
0: You, it's, um, it's very, it's simple uh, in the fact that on the inside of the house where you put the light bulb, um, there should be a sticker that says it's insulation contact. If it does not have that sticker in there, then you assume it's not insulation contact. Now, you can get a little more technical and, and go up into the attic and look at it and typically an insulation contact is a sealed box unit it doesn't have any openings at all mm-hmm. that's the other way to, to kind of tell um but i don't like to go by that i'd like to i like someone to tell me which is what that sticker does now the other piece of that is the uh the stickers can fall off if they get old um so it's always good at that point to treat it as though it's non-ic rated however um, what is what is TAPS' uh, position on this, Stevens? What do we recommend people on recess lights?
1: Yeah, so so 100 percent, absolutely. Just the rule of thumb that you want to stick to is just go ahead and cover them all. Um, it, it, there's multiple reasons. Um, one of the most important being, you know, whether they're icy, whether they're not. And I know there's a lot of guys out there that will argue, oh, if they're you know if they're icy rated, they've got better bulbs in them. they they're not heat producing doesn't matter cover them because i can i can assure you you know the insulation is going to do its job right and if it's non-ic and that can light gets hot you, you don't want to put yourself in that situation you know the other reason a lot of people don't realize even with some of the newer age ic rated um with the with the bulbs that are designed not to get hot some of them have an internal heat switch and so if you blow you know insulation all around you all around them again i can assure you the insulation is going to do its job and you know you'll get done have a fantastic looking and install a finished job well you know you may get down the road or a week later get a phone call from the homeowner saying hey you guys messed up my lights you know you'll go back out there flip it on they'll come right on you'll leave and boom all of a sudden they'll shut off again you'll get beginning another phone call so multiple reasons just to always cover them
0: yeah there's you know i've had a, a number of, of of issues with it that i've had in the past two one actually is just recently i got a phone call from a Um, a customer of ours that put, uh, put tap down. One of uh, one of his guys decided to blow over an an IC rated uh, can light uh, recess light and put that right over top of it. And they left and, you know, the homeowner had turned the lights on and so forth. And next thing you know, they were smelling uh, smoke in the house. And uh, Mm. what had happened was exactly that tap did such a great job of, uh, insulating that it held the heat inside that unit and it didn't have a thermal couple uh, inside that inside that unit that would normally shut that light off so it mm-hmm. just kind of smoldered and kept that heat in there and, and literally charred the uh, insulation now. On the good side of things um, although it did burn out the light and the light had to be replaced the, the tap uh, with its uh, fire uh, suppressing ability actually kept, uh, kept it from Uh, continuing to burn through and and so forth. So it actually protected it, but it's, you know, it it really needs to cover any and all uh, recessed lights. And and like you said, I've I've heard of guys saying, well, you know, and even in my past life with insulation installers where they would put in a um, a LED bulb and Mm -hmm. they would tell people we're going to switch out all the bulbs and we're going to put in LEDs. That way you, you won't have a problem well you don't know that people aren't going to switch that out you know and they sound like a great idea but um it it may be that they they like the old incandescent bulbs they found some they're putting them in and it's creating heat even some of the leds and others that are out there some some types do actually create some type of heat sometimes
1: so yeah no that that that's a good testimony for tab but it's also very much so why we Tell everyone to you know put a recess light cover over it, and and another thing you know it it segues perfectly into you know putting recess light covers over can lights. It it's kind of one of those common oh we're gonna we're gonna skimp over here you know we're, it'll make the job go faster, but but don't do it. Make sure you put a recess light over it.
0: Yeah, and I mean installing them is is so simple.
1: Yeah, there's, not hard at all. Nothing
0: to it. I mean it's yeah you you. You set up the box. We have um, we have two different sizes, and so you either get the smaller or the larger ones, and there might be a little fitting around the joist or around some other obstructions, but they're made out of cardboard. It is fire-treated cardboard, so you're able to fit that around whatever you need to use a utility knife, and yep, then, exactly.
1: um,
0: you know, really, you can get away with just stapling it to the, to the you know, to the ceiling floor or the the ceiling floor which is your ceiling in, the, in your house and the floor in your attic um, i'm following with you <laughs> you can so you can put that on there you can staple it you can throw a piece of a caulking down uh heck if it's not going to be disturbed you can just leave it the way it is
1: yep um, yeah you know, no, you like you said to,
0: yeah you don't even have to put anything on there
1: D- yeah doesn't take much time you know we've got Two different sizes, small and large, vented or solid. Um, easy to carve up with a, with a box cutter knife if you need to move around joist or wires or you know, anything else, just like you said. Um, but very much so worth the time in doing that.
0: Yeah, I know a um, lot of people ask about vented or solid. But, you know, when, when should you use one or the other? Um, I,
1: it's, it kind of comes down to preference. I have some guys that just love to use the solid, and I have some that use nothing but the vented. Um, I tell them it's, it's kind of their choice.
0: Yeah, I, it's to me, it's always been a, uh, you know, I, I like the solid personally. Um, yeah, because it still allows that light to breathe. I know a lot of guys use the vented because they feel like, well, it's going to allow that heat to breathe through more. And I, I do think that with a vented, if you are using a uh, if you know that it's a non IC rated can light,
1: mm-hmm. then,
0: you know, it might be it's probably better to use the vented. So yeah that you allow that heat to pass through much easier, whereas an unvented will keep that heat in but it's been my experience that um an unvented uh or you know a solid uh can like covers uh will still do perfectly fine and not cause that to to go out on you so i yeah there's a, there's enough air movement
1: through there. The- the only other thing I've talked about with some of the crews is if they're putting a lot of insulation to where they know they're going to bury, so to speak, the recessed lights, then they like to stick with the solid. Um, but that's just, again, that's just kind of preference. Um, well, let's Chris, let's switch gears. Let's, let's talk technical. Um, you know, we're, we're about to roll into the fall and winter busy season. Uh, no doubt it's a good time to get those machines ready, both, uh, both insulation blowers and the vacuums. So what are your thoughts on, uh, preparation for the machines.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. This is the time. I mean, we're, I know it seems like, Hey, we're in the middle of summer. We're still killing all kinds of bugs and we're dealing with this, but you got to start thinking about, you know, time rolls around here when, uh, August, September, October heat starts coming on. People start thinking about, we're going to get, we're going to get much busier on the, uh, on the insulation front. So you want to make sure your machines are running well. You don't want to get out to that first job and then find out that, uh, know it's not running quite the way it should and then you're getting really busy and don't have time to repair that equipment then you're just going to lead to a bigger and bigger problem and lack of production cost you more money so i think it's real important first of all check your airlock seals you know, Yep. a couple of ways to do that one one way i would recommend if you haven't changed them in the last year just change them
1: yep absolutely <laughs> so so be many it. people overlook them especially when they start getting some of that blowback and their power starts to go yeah sills are yeah
0: yeah talk the about number the number what do you what do you mean by blowback
1: yeah so if you're doing some if you're doing an install and you know when you turn the machine on you you hit the hit the start button then you get some insulation that seems to kind of shoot up from the hopper so to speak up and out you know you're definitely losing some some pressure from the air that should be funneling out and through the through the blowout hose and <clears throat> that's you just just do to because your seals are worn out or cracked they tear sometimes install guys will you know drop a knife or something in there and it'll it'll tear it up pretty good um but they're they're fairly easy to replace just pop the hopper a uh, little tedious but once you once you do it once or twice it's, it's yeah, easy always, to do
0: i always tell guys it takes uh, how long does it take well the first time you do it it'll, it'll take about two and a half hours yeah the second time I, take you about 30 minutes
1: <laughs> yep i can remember the first time i did it <clears throat> you know i wasn't paying attention to that metal plate that's on the back side of that you know and it one dropped through and fell down into the bottom of the air chamber lock and i was like oh boy i had to get <laughs> had to get creative to get that thing out so yeah, there's a little little hint <clears throat>
0: yeah well there's you know there's and there's other things you call you know as, as the material comes up you i call that volcanoing so it kind of volcanoes up but uh, a good quick way to test that, you don't have to fill the hopper at all. You only want to put about an inch or two of uh, tap on the bottom. Yep. And then go ahead and turn your machine on and let that, uh, you know, open your, uh, your air up and and uh, go ahead. And you can actually close your gate so you're not allowing material to come through. Um, and then turn your, turn your airlock on as though it's, it's flowing, but just keep your gate closed. And then mm-hmm. you'll see if it starts puffing up on you, then you know that the airlock seals have a crack in it. Now, some some folks have asked me, well, if it's is it just one of them? Should I just replace one? And the, the answer is no. You'll never figure out which one it is. Um, just the smallest amount of air getting through. Uh, typically, if one is gone, there's there's more than one that's that's gone. So replace them all. It just makes it a heck of a lot easier, and you're going to get you're going to turn your machine to, and trust me, if you haven't changed them in more than a year, and I've I've run across machines that have, you know, they haven't done it in five years and the production rate has gone way down. As soon as you change those out, you're going to see, it's going to be almost like a new machine. Yeah, no doubt. Very easy to get that, uh, get that up and going. And then other things you want to do is you want to, you know, I think you want to check your hoses. You know, a lot of people don't do that. You know, you want to, just visually inspect your hose. Look for any cracks. Look for anything that's, uh, you know, if they're oblong, you know, if someone's stepping on them, that kind of thing. That's all going to affect the way the insulation goes in. And then, you know, the, the, the hoses are actually very critical when it comes to conditioning the, the material. Um, and I'm not sure a lot of people, under, you know, they, they think about the tines in the machine breaking the material up. But the, the hoses themselves actually agitate the material as it's coming out. Um, and if you're putting that through an oblong, it doesn't, it doesn't give it the optimal uh, conditioning and therefore can actually lead to lower coverage rates. So if you've been running hmm. into coverage rate issues in the past, um, you may end up seeing the same, the same type of thing where uh, you're, losing, you're losing your coverage rate on it because of the hoses. So it's a good idea for the cost of the hoses to replace them um it's a great idea just to do that you know it's going to save you a lot more money in the long
1: run yeah i've also heard from some of the hose manufacturers that you don't realize just how much friction's going on in there to reverse the direction that you have your hoses looked up or locked up or linked up every now and then can do a lot for them too so but while we're on uh while we're on insulation blowers i think just a few other things that are definitely worth mentioning you know we talked about the seals, the bottom housing of the insulation blowing machine. You know, it's got a front little panel, pop that off, check your chain tensioning on there. Um, It's always a good idea to to lube that up. And of course we we use dry lube, don't use wet lube, Um, get a good air hose, blow out that bottom chamber, make sure your, you know, your, your blowing motor and your agitator motor are are free from as much cellulose as possible. And it's always a good idea to, to, you know, knock out that air filter after every job um, as well. And besides, I think besides hitting the uh, hitting the grease fittings with the grease gun, I think you know as far as insulation blower goes, as long as your you know agitator tines are clean, I think I think that about covers it. Just for good general maintenance.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, and you know, cleaning off the tines, making sure there's nothing on there, that should be done every week as well. There are some you know weekly things, but just to get ready for the uh, for the fall, I think you, exactly what we brought up there. The you know, let's make sure the uh, the airlock seals are good. It's a good idea just to change them at this time of year anyway. Um, and then be able to uh, check your hoses out, do your fittings, make sure it's running good. You so know, when you turn that machine on, if it sounds funny, then uh, take a look, start looking around, figure out what's going on. And, of course, you can always call us. Yep. We are more than happy to help uh, with any of that and uh, and get you up and going. We want to make sure you have a success year.
1: Yeah, and I just just want to make a reference real quick for those who want you know much more detailed information on this. We did host a webinar uh, that's on our member site that goes over you know very detailed maintenance for insulation blowers um, and vacuums. So that's a that's another good reference point if you guys want more detailed information. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts about uh, about the vacuums real quick?
0: Yeah, the vacuums you want to you kind of want to do the same sort of stuff. Although there's no air seals in there, I think uh, you want to check your fan blades out. Um, yep. You want to make sure that those fan blades on there are in good, good condition. You want to make sure there's no vibration going on. Vibration on the fan, on the uh, vacuum means you've probably busted a fan blade in there. and um, That's that's not good. It's going to wear out that machine very quickly and cause some serious damage.
1: Yep. Uh, so you yep. want
0: to make sure that's completely cleaned out. Oil changes are all great. This is a great time of year to do that too. Change that yep. oil out, get things uh, all cleaned up, ready to go. Um
1: yeah, two oil, two, two things. I was just going to say two things. I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Um, and one, you hit the nail on the head. Is so many people do not take the front paneling off that, you know, that uh, fan blade housing and just check for debris buildup and inspect that fan. Do not let it get off count canter or off balance because just like you said, it can cause extreme vibration. It'll crack your frame and all kinds of stuff. Um, the second thing is, you know. insulation blowers are pneumatically blown but the vacuums they have high powered engines on them you know clean air is super vital um and most people know this out there but if you don't try not to attach that vacuum bag directly to the end of that vacuum because there's so much dust coming out and you, you don't want that you know that vacuum and that motor sucking up that dusty air uh can definitely help prolong the life of the vacuum
0: right Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, I think that's, you know, same thing with your hoses too. You want to double check your hoses on the vacuum. Obviously you've got air leaks on it. It's going to reduce the amount of uh, suction power you're going to have. So check those hoses out make sure you're good there. Um, If you've got a lot of duct tape on your hoses, it's time to change your hoses. Uh, Duct tape is not the solution. It's a good, it's a good way to get you through for a little while, but it's not the solution to for long-term. So, um, really change those hoses out if you, if you start if your hoses go from white to silver time to
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yep no doubt and i know we're going to save this for a next episode but we do have a new um, fiberglass bat removal vacuum out that is
0: yeah i was going to say it if you were that's it. for sure <laughs> yeah everybody we're gonna we're gonna have a the next episode on this. we are going to talk about the new uh vacuum that we've helped uh, develop with krendel and we are way excited i'm from the northeast so i'm wicked excited um (laughs) we are going to uh you're going to be able to to suck up uh, the bats uh, fiberglass bats whether it's paper-faced or not uh, it will save you a ton of time in the attic so we we do have them available uh, for sale now Um, we've just got the go ahead on all of it so we're putting together all of our information. I think we've got it all put together at this point, so we wanted to roll it with the next podcast. But uh, yep. if uh, anybody wants information on it, uh, let us know. We can get it to you before before then. Uh, podcast at tapinsulation.com. And you can also use that for any questions or anything, uh, any topics you'd like us to cover. So podcast at tapinsulation.com.
1: Yep. Already got some of them in the field, no doubt. Well, Chris, let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, to the next part of the show. Um, we had a question from Mark in Ohio and he wants to know what machines we recommend for installing tap.
0: Yeah, well, um, we have partnered with Krendel, Um, and I can tell you my, I've been, as many of you know, I've been in the installation industry for, um, almost 15 years now going on and, uh, uh, Krendel is, is probably the, the, the best uh, manufacturer that I've seen when it comes to the quality of the equipment, the longevity of the equipment, and so so we've really uh, and, and they're a great partner for us. They really help us out um, and, and listen to everything we have. The the you know the bat vacuum that we've come out with is uh, precisely what I'm speaking of. So this is something that. Uh, you know, Krendel has been, been fantastic for us and, and we recommend their machines and that's um you know both their vacuums and their blowers.
1: Yeah, no, they're solid machines, they do a good job, you know, they're easy to work on, we can get you parked quick. Yeah, they're 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 phenomenal machines all around. Well let's let's see, we got we got another question that came in. Um let's see, Chad in Louisiana and he said, Chris, he said, if someone chooses to have TAP added on top of their existing insulation, how much weight does it add, for instance, in a 2,300-square-foot home, and or how much stress does it add to the joists or the trusses?
0: Wow, yeah. You're going to pick the hard questions, huh? <laughs> yeah, I figured i yeah. give that one to you. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. I do get those a lot in training on the weight of it. Now, I think it's important to know that um, cellulose insulation – Uh, by nature weighs 3.6 pounds per cubic foot so that's you know 12 inches by 12 inches by 12 inches so you know you have a box that's a you know complete foot that it would weigh 3.6 pounds Um, so it's going to add you know exactly that to to the joist and so forth i don't think it's the way you kind of worded the question here um, adding to the joist or trusses i don't i don't think that's our concern of the, yeah. the joists and stuff. I think it's more the the uh, the ceiling or the or the attic floor that he's probably referring to. Um, mm-hmm. Adding the, that the, much
1: weight, the drywall or the the sheetrock.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and by by putting that on now, typically a standard construction. I have not run into that as much um, unless somebody did something really stupid. And then I have seen stuff where they've installed drywall with finish nails, which you know has no grabbing power and it's just, you know, too much weight. I mean, if you get a, a fat squirrel up there, it's going to fall through, it's going to cause the drywall to fall through, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing we have to be, we do have to watch. Um, it's obviously a concern. Um, I do know that if you live in the state of Florida, I have seen a lot of quarter inch drywall and that, and, and I've seen quarter inch drywall on 24 on center. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's, really not a great idea but that's what they do and we have to be aware of it so you want to be very careful and i don't in florida you're typically not putting in 16 inches of tap so mm-hmm. uh, you know you can get away but i, I do know a lot of folks uh, in florida will limit it to six inches if mm-hmm. they to go over that if they're if they're dealing with you know 24 centers and quarter inch drywall um, yeah it's- i don't typically see that though in other parts of the country
1: yeah, yeah, no doubt. There, there are some, you know, to get not to get too much into the weeds or too technical, but there is, you know, such a thing you, you, we call the the ceiling load table that you could get from certain drywall manufacturers. But, you know, general rule of thumb, if it's, you know, if you got half inch sheetrock and you're you're operating with 16 inch framing on center, you know, generally you're okay. Now, like you said, when you cross over into you know, attics that are framed with 24 inches on center, then it, it becomes a little bit more of a concern. So it's just just a good idea to take a general look, check out the sheetrock, check out your your on yeah. center spacing and framing, and just kind of go from there. But that yeah. that's a and good then, question.
0: Yeah, and then and then take a look at the the ceiling load tables. So you can get those right from the uh, uh, the manufacturers to kind of see what they recommend should be on there and how much weight. But now, you know, and you can certainly call us on it, too, and we'll, we'll be happy to help you out with any, um, you know, calculation that you need to try to figure out to see if it'll work. Maybe you yep. a couple of tests. So, no, Good question. No. Good question, Chad yeah. and Mark. And, uh, hey, we're, I've, already, uh, I've already sent your gift packs out, so you may, you may already have it by the time you hear this podcast. So thank you very much. And anybody else, we invite you to please send us your questions. And uh, in his in his uh, last gift pack, we did a, uh, I think we did a hat, headlamp, and uh, I believe a shirt.
1: Yeah, so, those those tap shirts are awesome. I have uh, borrowed multiple of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we're that that's on its way out. Anybody, uh, please send us your stuff. If we use your, your comments or questions on the podcast, uh, we'll get you a gift pack as well. Uh, so send it into podcast at tapinsulation.com. We love to hear from you.
1: Awesome. Well, let's let's move on into the next portion of our show. Heard in the field.
0: <laughs>
1: and again, these are real life stories that either Chris or I have heard from folks like you or experienced ourselves. Um, Chris, what do we have? What do we have for this episode?
0: Yeah. Well, I had uh, a, you know a great. <laughs> Great one here that I just heard, and uh, probably have heard them before, but I, I think it's uh, worth repeating. I had a, uh, I had a pest control company that uh, did, you know, I had done some training for them in the past, and you know, one of the one of the great things about tap is that it is one of the building materials that you put into uh, a home that actually pays for itself. You know, over mm-hmm. time you're going to save, you know, up to thirty percent on your utility bill. And that continues for the life of the of the home, and so that it you think about it, it may take a few years before you uh, actually uh, pay for the job itself and the savings that you get from your utility bill, but it eventually will pay for itself. So um, they they really thought that was that was really cool. So they they promoted that to their to their homeowners, and uh, the homeowner said, "Great, let's do it." and uh, they put it in and then uh, they never received a a payment. The the customer went from 30 days to 60 days to 90 days. Finally, the sales rep called him and said, we need to get paid for the job. And he said, I thought you said it paid for itself.
1: (laughs) Oh boy.
0: Yeah, that that really, you know, I know a lot of people think that's a joke, but that actually happened, so. (laughs) <laughs> Be careful how you say things um, and maybe, maybe explain it a little bit better when you do it.
1: <laughs> oh man, people, you gotta love them. Gotta love them. Awesome. awesome. Well, if anybody else has stories um, like this, you'd like to share with us again, like Chris has mentioned, uh, just send us an email podcast at tap um, And if we use your stories or questions, of course, we'll send you uh, some, some tap swag, a gift pack.
0: Awesome, man. Uh, Hey, that will do it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that was a fun one, too.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Remember to follow our podcast. Um, If you are listening to this, if you hit follow, uh, when a new one comes up, you'll uh, be notified right away. And you can listen to our stupid jokes.
1: Yeah, sounds good. (laughs)
0: Until until then, everybody be well.
1: All right, guys. Have a good one. See you, folks. And remember, keep those feet on the joist. (laughs)